Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Gun coming to you from beautiful, sunny, windswept Southern California. Hope you're having a spectacular day. As we are a day away from... I don't know, probably coolest holiday we have, right? Coolest holiday. Maybe not best holiday, coolest holiday. I like Halloween. I like Halloween. And uh, I, I think it's funny. Um, the Doug Gottlieb Show, of course, is brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. I, I do think it's funny that there, there will be somebody called out for some um, some seemingly offensive costume. I, I, I do find this to be ironic about Halloween. We're somehow okay getting dressed up as axe murderers, right? But if somebody wears an outfit that we deem to be offend- uh, otherwise offensive, well, then dude, Twitter has to call them out. Like, shouldn't it be offensive 
to be dressed as a made-up axe murderer. I don't know. But I do. I love people's creativity. I don't generally have that gene, right, where you can where you can be come up with a great Halloween costume. I had a costume party this past weekend. It was good, but it wasn't like, oh, super, super clever. It was an 80s one, and I got dressed up as an 80s ball coach, right? That, that's about the, the extent of it. But I love Halloween. I love Halloween. Hope you do too. And we're going to be celebrating a new champion in baseball. Get to my thoughts on the controversy last night, game six of the World Series, Nats. Take down Justin Verlander. We'll also talk a little bit about Verlander and, and the Verlander-Kershaw thing, if you will. But I, I think we should start, man, we've been here a lot of time, should we? With Baker Mayfield. Why not? Right? Let's start with Baker Mayfield, who um, had an interesting back and forth with a reporter earlier today. There's a penalty, so we were negative yardage. Well, there was a lot of time between snaps. Uh, well, when the penalty happened, then we're behind the chains. No, 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 stop saying but. I just told you the clock was running and we had a penalty. Do you want to give them the ball back? No, you don't play. You don't know it. That's just plain and simple. Was I happy with the drive? No, we didn't score points. It's the dumbest question you could ask. What? Jesus, Tony. Obviously, and, and look, this is, I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is the worst thing on earth. He walked away afterwards. He was obviously frustrated with the line of questioning. It, it was a dumb follow-up, were you happy with the drive sort of question. Um, he clearly knows the reporter, and it's different. You know, how we take it is, boy, it, it sure, it really did sound, con- it was the I played you didn't, it was condescending in answer. Jesus, like, what are you asking me? But that should supposed to be your internal monologue, not your external monologue. Do I think it's the biggest deal on earth? Like, no, I'm a reasonable human being. I don't think it's the biggest deal on earth. But this is kind of what we told you, kind of why we told you he should stay away from the tweeting back and forth at Colin Cowherd, why he doesn't have to take up every battle, why he doesn't have to comment and counter comment on everybody else's thoughts Be- because there's, this is what he has to do on a daily basis. You want me quarterback of any NFL team? You're going to have to answer questions. Your team's not playing well. People are going to ask you and they're going to ask you from a perspective. They don't really understand the sport. They just don't. We don't really understand the sport like a football player does. We just don't. Um, we should, we should have a higher level, but there's no way that we can know all the different things that are going on. And, and of course, he also has to balance out, all right, what do I really tell this guy? What do they really want? Because there's a pretty good chance somebody doesn't, somebody screwed up, somebody doesn't know where they're supposed to be, and I can't sell them out, right? There's a lot that goes to it. But everybody wants to be... Everybody wants to be this kind of, I want to be the center of attention. I'm different. I can take the negativity I can, until you're thrust into it. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to take a breath and look people in the eye and go like, well, actually, you know, we're trying to not give the ball back. There's a lot of other factors in it. I'm trying to read the defense. We're doing this. We're doing that. Blah, 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 blah. 
here's Baker Mayfield's tweets. Everybody, everybody wants to hear the truth until they actually get it. I am who I am, and I've always been. Don't call it emotional when it's convenient, and then passion when it fits. I care about winning, so yeah, I'm frustrated. If I was to act like it's okay to lose, then y'all wouldn't say I've you would y'all would say I've gotten complacent. My sense of urgency is an all time high, and I'm offended. And if I've offended anybody along the way, too bad. Like, what are you like? The job is hard enough, right? Like the job is hard enough as it is. Do you really want to go like, hey, if you don't like the way I act, then I don't apologize. And I don't expect him to have to apologize. But it's just this persona that he doesn't. And I guess part of it is the the team hasn't told him like, this is just not the way. It's hard enough to lead 53 guys, 46 on game day into battle. It's hard enough to win in the National Football League. And this is that's a hard job. There's like 15 guys on the planet who are considered really good at it. 15 guys. 15 guys. There have been guys who, you know, I mean, these quarterbacks that get drafted and they don't do well in the NFL. They are generally athletes who have been good at everything their entire lives. And they've been a starter since they started playing football. Like one of the things that makes Aaron Rodgers different is didn't start playing until eighth grade, wasn't the starting quarterback until late in high school, only had, you know, didn't have scholarship offers, went to junior, like he's been told no, and that's driven him. But a lot of these guys, especially the ones that are stars in college, like they've just been great at everything they've done. And so they're just not used to any of the adversity. Baker's been through it. Baker's a little bit more Aaron Rodgers, although he had way more. He might have been a walk on, but he actually had more scholarship offers than Aaron Rodgers did. He was a three time Heisman finalist, did win the Heisman Trophy, was a number one overall pick. There's plenty of people that told him he could play. But but being quarterback is hard enough. Like, why do you want the added criticism? Why do you want the added attention? And if he didn't like how people are perceiving this, again, a lot of the perception is not just based upon the frustration and the walking away from a reporter's question. No matter how um, rudimentary the, quarter, the question may have seemed to, to answer. It's all of the other stuff that makes this into a big deal. It's obviously the thought that they could play with anybody. Like, look, he's the one who woke up saying, I woke up feeling dangerous, right? Like, he, w- this is a lot like Steph Curry yesterday. I pointed out that Steph Curry, and this is going back a couple nights ago, uh, they win a game that beat the New Orleans Pelicans. And he's like, yeah, you know, 24-7 news cycle, everybody trying to say we suck. Like, no, you guys actually said you suck. And then when we go like, hey, even they say they suck, they must be really bad. Suddenly we become the bad guys. Same thing with Baker Mayfield. Like, look, you were the ones who put, you know, who put no limits on your ceiling. You were the one who said, you know, you're here for all the smoke. Now you get some and you're like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you coming at me? Like, why, why? And you get super defensive. I can't help you. Can't help you. Think, look around the NFL. You're not the only team that's struggling. 
Hell, Marcus Mariota's, you know, was they were thinking about trading him. They brought in other quarterbacks. They already benched him. Has he said a word? Not one. Not one. Think he's happy? No. I mean, Carson Wentz, dude's calling him out, unnamed sources, you know, saying that that a simple check down uh, is good enough, and he's trying, he's forcing the ball, he's trying to be too smart with it. Did Carson Wentz say anything when they were struggling? Nope. Kirk Cousins, when he was called out, he was just like, hey, sorry. He never once said, well, you know, if we did a play calling change, let me throw the ball downfield, or maybe if you want off the line of scrimmage. Nope. That's not the way the position is played. It's a position of leadership, and leadership sometimes is taking the blame even when it's not your fault. Leadership is answering dumb questions and making them seem like they're much smarter than they are. That's what you're supposed to do. That's the game. That's what we do. And you get Baker sitting here going like, nah, I do it my way. Like, all right, dude. There's an easy way and a hard way. You are intentionally choosing the hard way. And this is what the hard way feels like. No, my, my, my sense of urgency is an all-time high. What does your sense of urgency have to do with just answering a couple questions about last week's game? Baker Mayfield just making it harder on himself. The job, the sport, the position, hard enough. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's welcome him in. He's uh, the one and only Daniel Jeremiah. Move the Sticks is the podcast. Uh, you can also see him on the NFL Network. Hear him on calls uh, of the of the L.A. Chargers. Uh, we had Mike Williams on earlier. He didn't really give us much. Um, I saw Anthony Lynn said there just hasn't been a lot of rhythm to their offense, and as a Charger fan, I would I would agree. But uh, what does this do to the Chargers as there's still a window, it's still a, a path for them to get to the playoffs in the AFC, firing Ken Wisenhunt on a non-bye week? Um, what's it do to the Chargers? Well, first of all, it, it it caught me off guard, Doug. I mean, I've told people that, you know, as a scout, you try and pride yourself on being a perceptive, but, uh, man, I, I had uh, I had breakfast with Coach Wisenhunt uh, Sunday before the uh, the Bears game just the other day, and we sat and chatted for 15, 20 minutes. And uh, I never got any sense that there was anything uh, like this that was going to happen. So, uh, clearly, you know, they have not run the football well. Everybody knows that. That needs to get better. That needs to improve. And, um, I would imagine that was probably a, a major reason why they made the change. Now, Shane Steichen is a really, really smart guy. Uh, he'll take over the play calling. Uh, Philip Rivers really likes him, so he'll take care of the passing stuff. And then uh, Coach Meyer, the offensive line coach, will kind of coordinate the run game. And, I, I mean, I heard Anthony Lynn talk today, and it sounds like um, he'll definitely have some impact there and some input on, on what they're doing. But they've got to – They've got to get some sort of balance. I mean, they don't need to run for 150 yards, but they can't keep rushing for 30 yards in these football games. That's just not a sustainable way to win. And then you got Melvin Gordon, who held out. He hasn't been right. Plus, he had the big fumble against Tennessee. Um, how much of this is is like, dude? This there there is a there is a training camp for a reason. Like, you do need the reps. You need do need to be sharp. How, how much of it is the play calling and the offensive line having injuries? How much of it is he just hasn't been sharp? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's all those things. Um, I, I think, you know, Melvin, you saw one run last week, the, you know, the 19 yard run where you thought, okay, that looks familiar. And one of the things is they just gave him some space. They have not been able to get much movement up front. And, you know, Russell Kuhn coming back, um, you know, unfortunately had a little calf injury, but when he, uh, when he was out there last week, man, it was, a, it was a big difference in the passing game. And I think you'll start to see that pay off a little bit more in the running game as you go forward. Um, but I think Melvin's going to get better. He's getting more of a feel. He, this is kind of getting to the end of his training camp now. Um, so you'll see that. And man, it's, you know, watching the games every week doing these, Doug. I mean, I personally, I don't know that you can get Austin Eckler too many touches. I mean, every time he touches the ball, something good happens. It's, it's really crazy. And he hasn't gotten the ball, especially on some of those jet sweeps here recently. Uh, yep. we'll see Packers come to town. Um, Packers start out the year looking like their defense was great and their offense was slow to come around. Now their offense is firing on all cylinders and people are questioning their defense. H- how good is the Packers defense? 
Well, look, they they were getting home early in the season. They were getting a lot of pressure. They were getting home, and you were seeing, you know, that that whole defense had totally changed. Um, when they don't get home, I still think, even though there's some young talent there, and Kevin King and um, Jair Alexander are two talented corners, but you can find some space. So uh, that, to me, is the key for the Chargers, and I think that's where, you know, keep an eye to see what happens with Russell, Russell Okun, if he's going to play in this one, uh, because that if, if they can hold up and protect, I do think there's some uh, – there's some areas you can attack down the field on this team. That's the voice of Daniel Jeremiah. Move the Sticks is the podcast. Uh, uh, and, of course, you can see him on the NFL Network here on calls of the L.A. Chargers games. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Are you buying Minnesota now? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely buying the Vikings. I think when you look at the Saints, I think are probably the most complete team in terms of you know really no weakness at any uh, position group. I think when Kirk Cousins is playing like he's played over the last three or four weeks, I, I think the Vikings are right there. I mean, they can, they've shown now they can run the ball with Dalvin Cook. They've been more explosive in the passing game. They can rush the quarterback, and they've got one of the more talented secondaries. So uh, that, that is a really, really good football team. When they're, when they're throwing the football and getting some chunk plays off that, that play action, that they've kind of found their groove a little bit here. And uh, I, I think you've got to give a lot of credit to the, to the wide receivers. They complained, and right after they complained, they, they started to open things up a little bit, and they've been a completely different offense. You've gotten to see the entire NFC North. I haven't asked you about the Bears. You saw them in person last weekend yeah. in Chicago, and a lot of people are pointing to Mitch Trubisky saying he's regressing. Um, how much of it is his play? How much of it is the play calling, trying to protect them from him? Like, what what's really going on with that Bears offense? Well, it's a chicken or egg thing, you know. Um, they have no confidence in Trubisky because of his performance, or Mitchell Trubisky um, has no confidence because they don't believe in him. I mean, I, I don't know. There's a trust issue there, and there was the sequence at the end of the first half where you have a choice. You get two throws from the one, or you get one run because there's no timeouts left, 25 seconds. If you run it and don't score, you've got to spike the ball and kick a field goal from the one-yard line, which is painful. Or you can take two pops at it and throw the football and they didn't put it in Mitch's hands. They ran it. They got stuffed. They had to spike it and kick a field goal. And then there was another scenario where they're third and nine, and they run kind of a like a sprint draw to Tariq Cohen um, at the nine-yard line with a chance to try and, and score. It's just there's no faith in the quarterback, which has completely shook his confidence. But I don't know if his confidence is shook, and then that's why they don't have confidence in him, or if he feels the fact that the head coach doesn't believe in him, because that's clearly, clearly what it looks like. Daniel Jeremiah joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. Um, so now Joe Flacco has a really, really, really bad neck after he called out the play. After he called out the play calling, they owe him a ton of money though. So uh, what do they do with Flacco? It's a mess. I mean, it, that is a mess. The most important position in football, and they just have not been able to get it right. And um, I, to me, they have not married up the right coordinator with the right quarterback. I, I don't think Joe Flacco's great at this point in time, but I do not think this system fits him at all. Um, so it was uh, it was kind of a mess there, and then the lack of aggressiveness. I I was kind of refreshed to see uh, Flacco, you know, show a little bit of fire. That's something that you always kind of wondered about him, and I agreed with him wholeheartedly. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I I think you you know you're going to have to hope that that Drew Locke is going to be able to eventually get healthy and take this thing over. And I would imagine Flacco is kind of serves in that mentor role. Uh, for another season, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It's a that's a bad spot to be in. 
Um, the the Steelers they they did win right they have yep. won and J- and James Conner was a is obviously was a big part of it he hurt his shoulder there at the end. Uh, what do you think they have in Mason Rudolph? I don't think he's I I don't think he's the long term answer there. I think he's a good backup. Um, I think he's uh, you know look he's he's comfortable on on quick game and he's comfortable trying to throw the ball on the outside over the top. But that's you know that, that's a small fraction of what you need to do to play winning football consistently. I, I don't know that he's going to be that guy. I just haven't seen it. So uh, I thought you saw him do some of the things well that he did in college, and I think some of those same question marks still exist. And um, you know, I, I I think if you know Ben Roethlisberger comes back with the defense they have next season, their championship window is still open. Um, I, I think if Ben Roethlisberger decided for some reason he wanted to ride off into the sunset, I think you're looking at a little bit of a rebuild. Philadelphia goes in and beats Buffalo. Now, it was a tie game. They got a fumble late in the first half and go down and score a touchdown. They, they, they broke it open. But it seemed like they figured some things out. Is that, is, that, is that too big a statement? They have a formula, and we talk about it every week. The, uh, you know, as a team, you have to find your winning formula. It's different for everybody. And the Philadelphia Eagles this year, they've proven it. When they went on the road with the Packers and they went on the road with the Bills, they just beat them up. And, and look, you talk about some of the great players in this league. Jason Kelsey, why his brother Travis gets all the attention as, you know, one of the best tight ends in football. Jason Kelsey, what he does for this team in the run game, uh, is unbelievable. He is so good. And their guards, Samulo and Brooks, uh, they mauled a really good, uh, Bills defense. So when you do that, uh, Carson's comfortable playing well. He was moving around, made some plays with his legs. And it was kind of just like bully ball. They just beat up a very physical Buffalo team. And that's going to be their formula going forward. Okay, so Jamal Adams, the the Jets basically said, hey, you can have anybody is potentially available with the exception of Darnold and um, uh, what's the Quinn and Williams, Williams, right? Their first round pick this year. Jamal Adams hears about this. Apparently he had gone into the Jets last week and said he wanted to stay. Um, Then today he has a little press conference where he says, hey, I think of myself like Aaron Donald and Tom Brady, and they don't. Those teams don't take calls on Aaron Donald and Tom Brady. Of course, he doesn't know it's his third year in the NFL. <laughs> doesn't want to meet with Joe Douglas, who wanted to kind of clear the air. You've worked yeah. in a front office. You know this league. What What's your reaction to what Jamal Adams has to say? Well, I think it's look. I, I think it's a little bit. Uh, uh, it's a young player. Maybe the word a little immature of how things work. But what Joe Dig- what Joe Douglas did was exactly what any smart general manager would do. Doug, you've got a terrible football team. You have a young quarterback that has no offensive linemen that are going to be part of the future. None. Not they need five new offensive linemen. They have no corners. They have no edge rushers. Last I checked, those are kind of the important pieces of, of good football teams. They don't have any. So when you have assets on your roster and teams call you and say, hey, what about this guy? You listen because you have so many holes to fill. Now, do you want to trade him? No. Is he going to give him away? No. They saw, and the Cowboys have been on record with what they offered, which was a pretty good offer. It was turned down. So that tells you that your organization believes in you. But, yeah, absolutely, every team in the league is going to listen uh, when, when you call and ask about players. That's your job as a general manager. So I see absolutely nothing uh, wrong with the way uh, Joe Douglas handled this situation. And, look, he went out and, and had conversations with Robbie Anderson. 
Um, and with Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell releases a video and says he's on board. Joe Douglas is doing a great job. I understand it's, it's the way the business works. And then Jamal Adams is, is really upset. And and he, but he also in that interview was weird. He mentioned how he did want to go to Dallas, and he's from Dallas. He wanted to play for the Cowboys. So I take it a little bit of his. Uh, he thought there was. A I, I thought he made he a, was he, he, escape there. Yeah, he looked like he looked like a child. Like yeah, I think of myself as Tom Brady and Aaron Donald. Like great, nobody else does. Like got yeah. it understood. He, look, he is he is a great box safety. He's you know he's he's functions as a linebacker. Um, he's a really good player. But I mean, Doug, I, he's not Derwin James. I mean, it's not, he's not on that level and he just doesn't get his hands on a lot of football. Now I, I look, he's a really good player. Yes. I'm not, around, I'm not disputing he's a really a good player. Safety. I was right. around a hall of fame safety with Ed Reed. Okay. Ed Reed in his first three years had 21 interceptions. Jamal Adams has two. He's a good player, but let's not, I mean, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Donald. I mean, come right. on. Right. And, and, and when you say that out loud, it's like, this reminds me of my, my dad was the late Rick Majerus. My dad was, was with him. He was recruiting me. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, my dad said, you know, I, he passes just like Stockton. And Rick Majerus said, Bob, don't ever say that out loud again. That's what he said. That, that was, that, that was funny. Um, all right, we got, we got a bunch of stuff. Um, Daniel First Jones. All, Doug, real quick, yes. real quick. Yes. Cause all I yeah. can think of now is, he may hit like he may hit yeah. like yeah. run like with the run like you may Mays, you may run, run like Mays, but you hit like <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a that that's a that's a re, uh, really really uh, re, really good um, Deshaun Watson you saw him in person obviously yeah. he's had he had some great plays this past weekend but now they lose JJ Watt and Deshaun does have games where he turns it over he has he still yeah. holds on to the football too long like are are we making the mistake of the spectacular Deshaun Watson? Is a great highlight play, but but I I don't know if he can carry this whole team. Well, he's had you know I, I, we were just talking about this on TV the other day, talking about how you know where Aaron Rodgers is right now, um, where he doesn't have to play you know for lack of a better term, kind of hero ball, you know, where he's got to make these you know magical plays for the Green Bay Packers to win games. Now there's still moments, and we saw it in Kansas City, uh, where Rodgers can do that and can do the spectacular. Um, I, you know, I was hoping as this team was kind of getting built and I think Laramie Tunsil has really helped this offensive line. They're playing better. Um, but I was hopeful that Deshaun wouldn't have to do the high wire act for them to win football games. But now without JJ Watt, obviously they've moved on from clowning. You've only got one rusher with merciless. Who's going to get all kinds of attention now. So I think they're going to find themselves in shootouts because their secondary is not very good. And he's going to have to do that. Now, the, the, he's so talented that he's, he is capable of beating anybody in this league. But it's just a tall ask for him to have to be, you know, Superman every single game. And I think, you know, for them to get where they want to go with what they have on the roster right now and their limitations, I think that's kind of what he has to do. Awesome stuff, as always. DJ, love the pod. Uh, love your work. Even uh, when I'm listening to my Chargers most weekends, find a way to lose a game they should rightfully win. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, buddy. See you, man. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Richard Justice works for MLB Network. Check out the Morning Lineup podcast with um, th- that he's on. Uh, remember, Richard Justice used to work for the Houston Chronicle, so he knows like Astros baseball chapter and verse, and kind of to spend some time this year on Fox Sports Radio. It does feel like last night, Strasburg's brilliance after the first inning and the fact that he kind of got it together because he was he was missing spots, he was overthrowing, and they were ra- – I mean, they hit a – they hit uh, – they let off and hit a ball that hit the hit the wall that was – the exit velo, I don't know if you saw this, Richard, was 116 miles an hour. 
Wow. They hit one out of the park, and then all three flyouts were to the various parts of the warning track in left field and left center. Like, it wasn't like there was just one home run. They hit the hell out of them in the first inning, and then all of a sudden, complete dominance. What changed? Yeah, I think he walked back to the dugout after the after the first inning, and his pitching coach said, uh, I think you better go in and look at some video. You're probably tipping your pitches. You're doing something with your glove that they can pick up uh, your fastball versus your breaking pitches. And he did that, and he noticed the difference. And he pretty much was in control after that. I saw hitters like Jose Altuve chasing pitches um, that they don't normally chase. Like one, they, they Astros had second and third and one out, and he got Altuve to chase a breaking ball, which you never see. And I asked somebody about that, and they said, hey, that's, that's as, that curveball and that changeup to go with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, that's as good as it gets. And he's building a postseason re- um, resume that's, uh, that's historically good. I actually thought he was tipping pitches, too, to be honest. With you. Like, yeah. I could see his glove being held differently when right. he was going to throw a breaking ball, when he was going to throw, throw a fastball. Yeah, it was it was really noticeable after the first inning what he was doing with his glove. He was doing the little butterfly thing and and just to throw everybody off. So it's the little things, you know. And the thing is, they jumped him so fast, there was no time to pick it up. Hmm. That was ama- amazing. Um, like the replay didn't overturn the call, but we're we're trying to. This is kind of what re- anti replay guys been saying. Like, look, it's an imperfect system. And I know baseball came out and basically said they got the call right. How is that possible? Trey Turner was in the. Uh, was in proper position when the throw came. How How is baseball trying to convince us that they got the call right? Well, it's not even replayable. You know, when they, uh, a judgment call is not replayable, and they went, the reason they went over to the headsets was to find Joe Torrey, because Joe Torrey had told both managers before the game, if you have a question that a rule is not, a being, not being interpreted correctly, uh, you come to us, you come find us, and, and we'll get it straightened out. Um, I think that you're right. That, I mean, well, and from my point of view, they got the call right, although what would lead you to have pause is that Trey Turner was right on the bag. I mean, he was not running where he was supposed to be, but he was right on the bag. And Astros manager A.J. Hinch said just a minute ago, he said, I'm with Trey Turner. I don't think that should have been called in that situation. You know, Doug, what I liken it to is um, it, the, the, rule, the spirit of the law, the rule of the law was yeah. uh, that they made was right. But it's like calling uh, a traveling on a routine play in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. You don't do it. Well, it's like when somebody travels you know, out at midcourt and they get to the basket. And, right. the, you know, and it's like, well, he didn't travel with the basket. He traveled way back there. And that, did that give him an advantage? I, I wonder. I haven't watched. I know how fast Trey Turner is. I wonder if he takes that straight-line approach every time he hits a baseball. That, that one, I would have to go, go back and, and look. Um, all right, what about Scherzer? Obviously didn't start in game five because of the back. Pitched on flat ground. How confident are we that we're going to see the real Max Scherzer tonight? I think that's the X factor in this game. I mean, I saw him Sunday, and he could barely move his right arm. He had an ugly needle mark in his neck. He took a cortisone shot. They told him it would be 48 hours. But, Doug, to go from not being able to get out of bed on Sunday without assistance, not being able to put your shirt on without your wife helping you, to throw in 97 miles an hour in Game 7 of the World Series. That's a big leap. He did throw yesterday. He did throw some during the game. Uh, and he, he, presumably he's better today. He came in today and told David Martinez, I'm good to go. So we'll see. You know, But it, Game 7, all hands on deck anyway. 
And then you're going against Zach Greinke, who somehow is kind of getting overshadowed here, right? Like, right. Like, well, okay, yeah. first of all, like he he he's an incredible field fields his position incredibly well. Cy Young Award winner, and like he's pitched brilliantly in this series. Like he was, was it, you know, he only four and two thirds, but he he pitched he pitched really really well. Um, pitched well against the Yankees. Not you know not great in the first start, better in the second start, obviously. Uh, what are our thoughts on on Grinky in this series in this game? My 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 thought is is that one of these pitchers uh, probably, and we saw it last night with Strasburg versus Verlander. One of these pitchers are going to take control of the game, and that happens. Now you know I think the first half of the game favors the Nationals. If Scherzer is Scherzer, um, but the second half of the game clearly favors the Astros. They have a much better bullpen. Yeah, Grinky is getting overlooked because you know, and, and it's because. Max Scherzer is one of those Willis Reed type stories. I mean, if yeah. he can do this after where he was Sunday, it would be remarkable. But Zach Greinke, it, the Astros got Zach Greinke at the trade deadline because they thought we have two great starters. We need a thir- third guy for a situation like that. The Nationals have won three of the four starts by Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. Um, let's see if they can beat uh, Zach Greinke in Game Seven. What does it say about Verlander his struggles in the World Series? 258 in the third innings. He pitched in 2017. He paid two very solid starts for the Astros. He hasn't gotten the designated win. And a lot of the, the inflated ERA came from early, early in his career with the Tigers. But last night, it looked like he was a tired guy. He had, I mean, he was stressed to get through five innings. And they, they slapped a couple of balls out of the park on him. You know, it's like with other guys. Your, your resume is what it is. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, but this is a part of it. He's not the most proud. Having said that, in 2017, his two starts against the Yankees and the ALCS for the Astros uh, basically put the Astros in the World Series. So he is, his postseason resume is good. His World Series, he would like it. He would like that final brick in the wall to win, and it looks like he's not going to get it this year. All right, so there's there's this group of them, right? There's Scherzer, there's Verlander, and there's Kershaw. Obviously, Kershaw's been in a couple World Series, but. Uh, hasn't performed that well and hasn't won one. Verlander's won one, but we, we discussed kind of the numbers. Uh, and then there's Scherzer, who's won three Cy Youngs, won it in both divi- bo- both leagues. Like, if he throws a gem tonight, does he become the signature pitcher of this era? Well, that's a great question. I, I think uh, you have that conversation. Those three guys you mentioned are that conversation. And Strasburg is right on the verge of putting himself in that. You consider he led the led the led the National League in innings, but yeah. And this is a signature moment. You know, this is when legends are born. You you do it in Game Seven of the World Series. You 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 know Kirby Puckett once yelled to his Twins teammates, "Hop on my back, boys." If you do that, if that's the role he plays tonight, yeah, he becomes that guy. He might already have been that guy anyway. You mentioned Strasburg. Um... Yeah, he was amazing after the first inning. We haven't mentioned Bryce Harper, who was, of course, on this team, had many opportunities to resign with this team late and did not. And and look, you know the 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 hitting it it has been when the pitching's been nasty. It doesn't really you know that hitting doesn't really matter. Like Bryce Harper doesn't really affect that. On the other hand, it does say something that Bryce Harper's not on this team and they won't go away, doesn't it? Yeah, you can't avoid that conversation from a practical X's and O's standpoint. They had outfielders ready to go. Juan Soto is obviously a great player. They have the 20-year-old Victor Robles, who is a really good player. Adam Eaton is a very good player. How about the night uh, he had last night? How about yeah, the night he has last the, night? 
Right, and they took that money and gave it to Patrick Corbin. Now, the other side of that is what he meant in terms of marketing and the face of the franchise and all that. And it's interesting what's happened to their clubhouse. They added Anibal Sanchez, Suzuki, uh, uh, Brian Dozier, Jan Gomes, and you put that, that group of guys with Howie Kendrick and Ryan Zimmerman suddenly and Scherzer, you suddenly have a groom that's very mature. And what does that what does that do? When you're nineteen and thirty one, you keep going, you don't give up. That's the most remarkable thing about the Nationals. Okay. Um uh Davey Martinez has never been in this this situation. AJ has. Um so and like look, these are the decisions that that we all, especially those of us, I mean Richard Richard Justice joining us, MLB Network You've covered it for years, so you know how completely unfair it is for the rest of America to parachute in and make a statement about Davey Martinez's competence based upon does he leave Scherzer in, does he not leave Scherzer in. But from a baseball perspective and a guy who follows it and has a Hall of Fame vote and knows the sport cold, who's generally seen – like, does, is Davey a by-the-book guy? Is he a, Or is he going by feelings? Like, is he going by the computer? What? what how's he – making his decisions as to what he does at pitching changes? I think the history is he makes it by the book, maybe a little. Uh, if, the, if there's a criticism of him, it would be that. On the other hand, they kept it together and kept going when they were as down as you could be, and he was reading about how he should be fired every day. So you can't, you can't underestimate that part. I mean, he's done a great job. This is going to be fun. This is going to be really fun. To a guy who's... Uh, you realize that the Astros have screwed it up for the rest of sports, right? Like, because you lived it, because you know it, like I was trying to educate people, 11 through 13, the Astros tanking, and I know that all these pitchers weren't acquired during that era, that they weren't draft picks, but their dominance in the sport is something that everybody else is like, well, it works in baseball, why wouldn't it work for, for us? Uh, how, for, for somebody who's around, how bad was it during that three-year stretch? Well, that's the other side of it that you have to look at with open eyes is that your TV ratings go to zero. They had distribution problems with their network, but even the houses that were getting the games, zero. You have nobody in the stands, and you have to work like heck to get those people back. They've been borderline drawing $3 million in the last two years, and you have to do everything, not just win, but you have to have a team with George Springer and Jose Altuve and guys, Alex Craven, guys you want to come see. I mean, there is a – I hope everybody that goes to this tanking thing understands – there is a huge price to be paid, and sometimes it's a long time recovering. Great stuff. Richard Justice, MLB Network. Enjoy Game 7. Can't wait to see who comes out on top. It's going to be fun. I know these are the type of things you you work the whole year. You want to be rewarded with a fantastic finish. <laughs> you have, in fact, uh, earned that reward. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Doug. All right, Richard Justice joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He works for the MLB Network. Check out the Morning Lineup podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.